Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the show where we see a movie and then we talk about the movie we just saw directly into the microphone, having not talked to anyone else. These are the freshest, the hottest, the best takes you can get from me, your host, Robbie Anderson, and my very special guest. Bernadette cries in every Toy Story movie, Gorman White. Wow, you extended your middle name. Is that was that Heath's name also? When you took on White, you took on I Cried During Every Toy Story. It's all hyphenated too. Just <laughs> literally it's just like five pages long. <laughs> well, I don't know if you knew this, but when you go to get your marriage license, I did not know. you can put any name you want. Wait, oh. So if Heath and I wanted to get remarried, yeah. we would just have to pay the extra money. I think it's like forty bucks. To just change your name. To get another marriage license, and you can put any name you want so you on that marriage just, license. You guys could have been, you know, any other color, not just white. You could have been anything. Yeah, we could Green. have been. <laughs> Green's a common name. People like that. Yeah. yeah my, there you go. My middle name is Rose, so I've already That's got... like a color. It's like a color. Was well, that a color or a plant, or is it a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Mm. And if you put a little fun accent on it, it's rosé. Rosé. I guess And then like, it's a drink. It's like orange also. Yeah. Aren't you glad I didn't say banana? <laughs> we're here to talk we're here to talk about uh the movie we just saw was Toy Story Four. Uh for those of you unfamiliar with Toy Story. Oh wait, that's none of you? Cool. Then we can keep going. <laughs> um so yeah, very excited to see this movie. Very happy to have seen it. My hot take on it is that that movie is a fucking delight. Agreed. Yeah. What are your what are your kind of on non spoiler impressions before we tell you who dies later? <laughs> I will say that after Toy Story 3, which was such a perfect closing of that story, yes, I mentioned to Heath, my husband, if you don't listen to other podcasts, Heath, um, <laughs> Heath, I told him, I was like, I don't know why they're making a Toy Story 4, but I'm going to see it. And he was like, that's why they're making it, because they know you're going to see it. Yeah, and I'm like, true. yeah. And uh, very, very much enjoyed it. Yeah, very much liked it. Uh, this movie has kind of been pitched to me before that it's kind of more of like an epilogue. Um, I think that is the case. Uh, it doesn't feel like, uh, it does feel like, it, you know, it, it takes place, it's dealing with the fallout of three. It's dealing with like the major kind of paradigm shift of, of losing your previous owner. And, and this movie is very existential at times. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot of dealing with like the meaning of purpose and the meaning of life, mm-hmm. uh, which if that sounds really weird for a Toy Story movie, you're right. It is a little weird, but, uh, yeah, no, I really liked it. Uh, one of my immediate takeaways from watching it is that movie looks fucking crazy it's so pretty it just looks real at times Mm-hmm. yeah i mean and they really aren't in many locations either which is really cool i like that i like that um i feel like sometimes with like sequels to especially like children's properties like they kind of uh blow the doors off and go to like a lot of sets or a lot of places um i guess toy story has never really done that though not so much, yeah. yeah the first been, one's kind of contained. The second one, they're in the, the toy store, right? That's kind of the... Mm-hmm. And then they're also like with the collector, mm-hmm. or like that weird guy. Yeah. And then three, they're just kind of in the pre-K, right? Yeah. in daycare. Yeah, daycare. Yeah. And they kind of go all over the place in the third one. The, yeah, I guess the garbage dump and yeah, but yeah, I mean, guess, I guess like, also kind of contained, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe this is in theory like the biggest place they go to because they're so small, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, the places they do go to where the the action takes place is really cool. Um, yeah, I just couldn't get over that. Like, you know, it, it felt like Toy Story was not another story that we we didn't need another story in Toy Story, and, and here I am being like, yeah, that movie, mm-hmm. is so good. It kind of makes me feel like the first three are one story, which they are. Yeah. But now looking back, those first three movies are so conjoined. Mm -hmm. And this one, you could watch as a child as your first Toy Story experience, and it would be something new for you. Yeah. Which is very cool. That is very cool. Yeah, I thought the movie did a really good job uh, catching up to speed. Like, if this was the first Toy Story you were watching, you can kind of get it really quickly. There's some good montages in the beginning that kind of catch you up. Um, So I like all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, no, just really, really enjoyed it. You know, I don't think any of the Toy Stories have anything wrong with them ever. And this one is is just like that. But I I like what what you were saying about how, like, the other three feel like one story maybe in like three chapters but you know they really do you know if you look at them kind of 
pulling back. They are kind of like a three act in a way, you know. Um, and then, yeah, this movie just feels like I, I feel like I don't know if we would get another movie after this one, maybe a prequel. Maybe. That's what people like to do. How Woody got made or something like that. Yeah. I don't want that until they do give it to me. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In like a weird way, I feel like the first three Toy Stories are kind of like Lord of the Rings. And yeah. then this one is like the Cimmerillion. It's like taking you out of that world and being like, the world is much bigger than just these toys. Look at yeah. all of these other toys and people yeah. and places. I mean, the other movies places. kind of do that too, or at least like two and three you know, they show you that there are other toys or other, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, other like paradigms in this like toy culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this movie, you know, without going too into spoilers, you know, they're dealing a lot with like what lost toys are and like what it means to be lost. Uh, you know, these kind of like really big, like broad stroke issues that like they really just tackle super well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Very cool to see that uh, story by. I guess like Rashida Jones. I saw that too. I was like, hell yeah. Helped develop this story. Yeah. Which is really neat. I did not know she was involved in this. I think this movie was probably like, how, how long has it been since Toy Story 3 came out? I think. I think I saw it in like 2014 or 2015, right? I feel like it had to or have no, been early, a little earlier, earlier than, that. than that. Yeah. I would say maybe 2012, 2011. 2010. Okay. Wow. I knew I saw it with my family, like all four sit well, myself. My three siblings and my mom. Yeah. And I knew I was like still in school to a certain degree. And yeah, it was, yeah. I guess, the summer between my junior year and senior year of college. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I didn't realize it's been actually that long. Um, that happens with these Pixar movies. I don't know if it's like they want to take a breath from putting them out or if like they just take so much time to mm-hmm. make. I think that might also be it. I also very much like the idea, I don't know if this is true, that they're not going to make another Toy Story until they feel like they have a valid enough story to tell. Yeah, I'm into that too. Like maybe, yeah. you know, wh- whoever the next Toy Story is might be like in a weird development of just like, hey, when you, when when this is looking nice, we'll, we'll put it out. But, mm-hmm. you know, I almost think they would do it. I think after this, they would almost do like a Toy Story rebrand or, or shift the spotlight on, on some other characters. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, without spoiling anything, I would be totally happy seeing another story with some of these characters, maybe with not some of these characters. Yeah. I'm sold on the world. I've always been sold on the world of Toy Story, and and this movie is really cool because they kind of, like, uh, tackle some some questions about, like, how the toys operate and and question – I know, they're they're kind of asking the questions maybe the audience has been kind of pondering on for a long time. Yeah. You know, so I'm, in, I'm into that. I'm trying to think of any other spoiler-free thoughts before we jump. Because, yeah, there's definitely a responsibility that needs to be taken care of, and they did a great job, that, yeah, if you are going to expand on the world, the world has to become more valid and fleshed out. Sure, so you have to kind of solidify some of those rules. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, did you see uh, – are you an Incredibles fan? Did you see Incredibles 2? I did not see Incredibles 2, but I mm. loved The Incredibles. So it, I just feel like that was probably on my radar and then it went out of theaters and then yeah. I missed it. And then I know it's probably streaming on something. I think it's, I think on, it's Netflix. on Netflix. I think it is on Netflix. So I definitely need to watch that. Yeah. I bring it up mainly you know, because it's in the Pixar conversation. But also that's another movie where there's like long gaps in between the first one and the second one. And the second one kind of like – picks up right where the first one left off so it's a little like weird you know mm-hmm. what i mean kind of takes you out of time and space yeah but like also like if you watch the first one recently it'll 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 mesh and, and feel good still but like you know this movie picks up almost 10 years later but you're still with like bonnie you're still kind of doing that it, it's she has not aged uh in that yeah years. yeah definitely it's interesting mm-hmm Okay. Uh, Is there any other spoiler-free thoughts you want to throw into the the mix? Oh, man. I mean, yay feminism. Like, we'll definitely dig into that, but that's very... That's uh, a tease for spoilers. Yes, yes. uh, Very cool. Lots to dive in there, but super refreshing. Because, I mean, Pixar's been doing that in the past few years with Frozen and... You know, it's moving of, in that direction for sure. A lot sure. of uh, Disney properties have, uh, Mar- uh, you know, it's funny, like Marvel's like the one that's kind of like slogging in that regard. 
Yeah. Oddly enough. Um, yeah. Whereas like you know, Star Wars is doing it. Like they have a female protagonist. I wasn't sure. I, I wouldn't say it's like necessarily nailing the idea of like feminism or feminist theory being applied to the franchise, but you know. Having a woman being the central protagonist is certainly a good move in that. In that, and and diversifying diversifying the cast, uh-huh. it's not just like a gang of white people doing white people stuff, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, so Toy Story, I definitely, but I think Toy Story though uh, is dealing with the idea uh, of independence and femininity and, and some of those things, you know, mm-hmm. and definitely not at the cost of the male characters either which sometimes i feel like the door swings a little too far in the opposite direction sure where male characters won't get as much time or play or yeah like validity at all sometimes it's nice to see the pendulum swing pretty hard the other way but this movie doesn't doesn't do that i would say yeah it's still there's i mean it's a perfect example of feminism it leaves room for everyone which is the whole point not that i think that the other movies have ever had too much of like machismo in them or no. Not that I remember. It's been a long time since I've seen the the OG three. Yeah. Or OG two followed by two followed by three than this one. Yeah. I mean, even uh, we'll get into this more heavily, but even the quote unquote villain was uh, complicated. Complicated yeah, and I like that. veering a little bit differently than the first three. Yeah, I mean, the villain, very cool. the villain in Toy Story 3, uh, I don't think is all that complex. No. Um, he's kind of just like a bad dude, which is serviceable for what that movie is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to speak too out of term because it has been a while since I've seen it. Sure. But, uh, I do remember him kind of just being like the big purple bad. Yeah. Much like Ivan Ooze from Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just the big purple bad guy. Yeah, it was weird because with the prospector in the second Toy Story, yeah. he had a more complex storyline. Then, yeah, lots of Huggin' Bear who, yeah, kind of fell flat as a villain. If I remember correctly, that's, like, one of the few complaints people had with that movie. Mm-hmm. But I still think they're all pretty much praised as oh, being very good. definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why Toy Story cooks so long in the oven because they're like, hey, we can't really fuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's very well-beloved movie. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, you're, you'll hear some things. And then we'll come back and we're going to talk to you about maybe who dies or maybe who lives. See you soon. Bump, bump, and we're back. That's the, that's the song. I did the song that also leads into this. Very cool. Bump, bump, and then I finished it. I like it. You like that? I do. So we're here to talk about Toy Story 4 Spoilies. A movie you wouldn't think spoilers matter too much to, but I would not have wanted any of these beats spoiled for me. Agreed. If you have not seen the movie, please turn back. But yeah, so what are some, you know, character. We kind of ended a spoiler free discussion, maybe touching on the ideas of feminism. We could break right into that. Lead. Lead the charge, young Bernadette. I feel like that's definitely going to be a theme throughout the rest of this conversation, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I will say I was doing some, like, Wikipedianing just to refresh my memory. Yeah. And I was like, did we ever hear the Bo Peep story of how <clears throat> Bo Peep leaves? I guess not. Cause she. I guess not. Did she leave after – is she in two or three or you just don't see her? I think she's in two. And in three, she's just kind of... Don't think she's in three. Yeah. And see, yeah, it's been a while. I wonder if they, like, allude to it at all. It's just like, man, I really miss Mm -hmm. Bo Peep. Or it just kind of got... I think she gets mentioned a little bit in three. Yeah. I will say the third one I've only seen once and it was in theaters. Same. The other two I've seen It's hard to watch those movies that are really sad. Like, I don't want to see the toys almost get separated again. (laughs) It hurts so much the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but, you know, maybe for the sake of research, I should have. Those, those movies are also kind of hard to find. Because uh, if they're mm-hmm. in the vault, you're just kind of fucked until Disney Plus comes out and our lives are owned by them. Yes. <laughs> Another streaming service that I will gladly pay for. Yeah. It was so cheap. Um, yeah. And they have all the Simpsons on there, which that sells me. Maybe Disney, uh, we're, we're plugging you right now. Yeah, we maybe, like you. Maybe throw some bones, Diz. <laughs> come on now. I guess they're letting us use the movies at the theater. Yeah, they're very good to us. Yes. Thank you, Disney. True. Thank you very much. Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, this idea of, you know, we were talking a lot about feminism. I think, you know, maybe a a, a good place to start is maybe the opening of the movie mm-hmm. of how uh, Bo Peep gets kind of 
she she doesn't necessarily get left behind. No. She gets given away. She goes down the the path that all toys maybe all toys who are owned by children kind of go down eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a very constant theme in the Toy Story films. Yeah, you kind of move on, and if you don't, it's kind of I think it, you know, maybe it's touching on the idea of like social norms. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you're a toy, you're supposed to have a kid, and if you don't have a kid, you're kind of like not cast out, but you're different. You know, mm-hmm. like you're almost like it's almost like a caste system in, in the way where they just kind of look at you and be like, "Oh, you, oh, you're a lost toy. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry." And uh, you know, a lot of the lost toys that we see in this movie, you know, t- take a lot of ownership of that label and, and kind of, and, and certainly Bo Peep does. But uh, that opening scene where where um, Woody has to say bye to her is just fucking. It's heart, awful. It's heart wrenching. I hate it. It's heart wrenching. It's in the rain, which is so beautifully rendered the entire time. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of cool to see young Andy again. It was cool that like they took us back to the time period of. It's a, it's like a Toy Story two and a half story. Yeah. That we see in the beginning of the movie. I really like that. Yeah, agreed. Andy looked a little different to me. I don't yeah. know. Like the animation style looked a little different. I mean, I'm sure. Which kind of took me out just a little bit. I'm like, did Andy look like this? Well, I'm sure he didn't look that good. <laughs> you know, I'm sure in the original. I, I also wonder if they'll ever do like remasters of some of those. Like, Oh, yeah. Because like that's something you could just be like, oh, we just made it look fucking sick. Not that they really look bad. Pixar movies age pretty well. They do, yeah. But, uh, you know, you, th- you can see a difference between Toy Story 1 and this movie for sure. Oh, yeah. Pizza Planet. And then the carnival are on like different planets. They're uh, <laughs> solar systems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, you know, heart wrenching scene in the beginning, seeing Bo Peep kind of get taken away, and she's very much like owning what's happening. She's like, yeah. "This is what's going down. This is it. I understand." But she also kind of gives Woody an out. Mm-hmm. You know, very playing parallel to maybe what you could have guessed happens at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and making a different choice, which we'll get to later. Yeah, it was cool because we always follow the protagonists of especially Woody and Buzz, but mostly Woody. And he's always rescuing someone. That's always the mission Mm -hmm. or trying to help someone out of a different situation. And yeah, to have a character in the very beginning of the film accept the fate and kind of tell the hero, like, you don't get to be the hero this time. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with this. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. This could be in your future. Yeah. Just be wary. Heavy and it's shit. like it didn't hit him yet until no. much later, obviously, which is what we end up seeing. That's the movie we get. It's yeah. all of that history catching up to Woody. Mm-hmm. And then we you know, eventually when we you know see Bo Peep again, um, just to stay on like her as a character, she uh, she's kind of like uh, Furiosa from Mad Max. Yeah. Which like, hey, guess what? That's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Even to the point where she has like her arm falling off like half the time. She drives around in a skunk mobile. <laughs> Fuck with it. So I'm so here for all of that, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, great. But, you know, I think I, I think the kind of the things that kind of spark this idea of, like, feminist discussion discussing that character is, is her uh, is her being independent and her kind of owning her narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, she never questions what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of, like, confidence in her, I think, maybe throws Woody off a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Also very cool that most of the other films focus on Andy's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And the rescue missions that take place out of his room, yeah. which are orchestrated by Woody. Mm-hmm. But then we finally get to go in Molly's room this time and see Bo, like, totally handle a rescue mission with all of these, like, female toys. Yeah. Like the Barbies and those, like, Russian dolls. And even in the beginning Super of the, cool. It, very cool. And even in one of the earlier scenes of the movie when, when now we're with Bonnie in her bedroom and it's kind of like who's getting selected out of the closet. You know, we see her kind of gravitate towards Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, which which makes sense uh, in a stereotypical way, perhaps. But like you know, she you know she has the choice between like the girl cowboy or the guy cowboy. She's like, oh, he's a girl cowboy. Maybe it's an identity thing. Who knows? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see. Um, I'm not sure there's too many gender politics in that regard, but you know, it's 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 something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the fact that that other toy, and I'm blanking on the other toy's name, the one with the, the buttons. Other, yeah, the head honcho other for toy. Bonnie's toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also just kind of like, it's all right, Woody, like, 
I'm running this gig. Like, you can relax. <laughs> Listen to your sheriff. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love, like, he's like, my boys are veterans. It's cool. <laughs> all the all that, like, lingo and just, like, it's it's all very cool. Yeah, he definitely brings out, like, the veterans line. Mm-hmm. And very interesting that he says that. And then you're dealing with a movie where Woody's just suffering from PTSD the entire film. He's dealing with trauma, for sure. He's dealing with, and he's just dealing with, like, you know, what do you do after the fight? Like, what do you do when, you know, the, it's done? Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit like Return of the King that he kind of, Return of the King, like, they, 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 some of them choose to go on the boat and go to, like, whatever heaven is for them. And he kind of, like. I think it's called the Grey Havens. Is that what it is? Yeah. I'm probably butchering that in some way. I but believe, I believe it sounds, like <laughs> well, it sounds like a place that heaven could be for wizards and little guys. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, like, stays back to be at this, like, carnival, which is, like, a place of play. It, it, it's a haven for toys because they could just get played with all the time and, you know, it's cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, Bo, you know, also leading the charge and a lot of the uh, a lot of this, like, mission that they're going on, a lot of her... Yeah, she is, I would say, like, you know, the the second main character of the movie for the mm-hmm. most part, you know. Yeah, if not the main, definitely like the co-lead yeah. for sure. I think I think Woody is the main because I think the movie's trying to I, I really like the movie's approach to kind of almost going back to basics. The kind yeah. of like choosing to you know, because like Buzz is a huge he's he's this always the number two in these movies, but he even kind of takes a back seat. Um, oddly so, but I'm, in a weird I'm, way, I'm here for it because his arc is also really fun in the movie. His mm-hmm. him goofily trusting his inner voice. It made him seem very vapid, but um, it was fun. I think, I think he's like a simple. He's simple. Yeah, well, because he he his arc in like Toy Story one is him kind of being being like, no, you're just a toy. You're just this thing. So he he's has like, to no, like, I'm an astronaut. <laughs> he, has, he has to crush this like crazy narrative he built up for himself. And that's, like, his arc. So now, like, I, I kind of get the idea where he's, like, he's a little lost, but he's also complacent, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he seems content, for sure, which is yeah. not a bad thing. Mm-mm. Yeah. He's loving his life. He sometimes gets played with. Sometimes he doesn't get played with. And that mm-hmm. doesn't matter as much to him. He's also very, like, objective-focused, I think. He's kind of mm-hmm. he's a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Love to have a beer with Buzz. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, and I think you know, I think to to maybe you know, still on the concept of like femininity, maybe uh, shifting to uh, Gabby, the antagonist of the film, mm-hmm. which uh, you know she her character is dealing with. Uh, she's defunct, quote unquote. She, her voice box doesn't work. We have that never in, worked. Never worked. She came out the factory kind of messed up. Uh, she knows how to repair herself. She just needs the right piece, which. Funny enough, Woody has in his body, mm-hmm. uh, which is like so creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. Even when they do the surgery scene, I was like, Jesus. <laughs> it was a little weird, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, very interesting to see a female character literally take the voice from a man. Yeah, for sure. Also very cool. <laughs> like, Gabby's kind of insidious for most of the film. She's insidious. But, but then they, they do kind of a 180 on her arc, and they're like, well, I can't even really be mad at you. Mm-hmm. Like, and then she kind of goes to all this trouble to kind of just not be chosen mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And they kind of use that, you know, maybe that uh, that construct of like a male gaze of of seeing something and being like, oh, there's something not quite right about you. So I just kind of like throw you away. Or even when you do try to fix yourself to meet a standard of someone else, that's not going to make it better It's not for good you. enough. Yeah, yeah. you kind of got to be you. I mean, her art kind of ends with her... Just trying to make someone happy at the end of the day, not ch- not chasing the um, the perfect child, or you know, right, what, right. What she's been idolizing and kind of putting on a pedestal forever. It's not about that. You know, she has to be there for someone when they need her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I thought her arc was very. Is one of my favorite parts of the movie is the the kind of journey you go on with her. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, so many different elements of her character are just very, very cool. I really liked the scene where she was pretty much applying makeup. She was putting on her freckles. Her dots, yeah. <laughs> but, but just to, like, dress yourself up, mm-hmm. which is such a, like, a woman thing to do. Sure. And men do that, too. Yeah. But, yeah, just the idea of, like, what does perfection look like mm-hmm. and how do you achieve it? Yeah, and it's for, like, you know, a child at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to meet the standards of someone else, I think, is, like, a lot of, like, what her her story is is about. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love what you said about like her taking the voice of a man. I, that is, I saw that happen on screen, but I didn't have quite the it in those words. And I really like that. Um, yeah, just like what a great bad guy. I hate the. I hate the. Um, Ventriloquist yes. dummies? I hate them. Vincent and the and lot. The are they all enemy? named Vincent? I don't, I don't know. There might be some kind of Legion hive mind. <laughs> hate them. Hate them. Keep them. I don't <laughs> yeah. As much as I think, I mean, clearly these movies are made for everyone yes. with children in mind. But I cannot even begin to imagine putting myself in a child's mind space of watching this film. I think that would be potentially very terrifying to me yeah, well, as a child. Mean, those, those kind of dummies have like always scared me. I've yes. never liked them, even to the point of uh, was Jeff Dunham does the puppet comedy, mm-hmm. which he like sucks, but sorry, Jeff. But uh, I know you're listening. <laughs> and I'm really sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know... I've never liked I've never liked Vitriolism. No, it was like straight off the cover of like an old Goosebumps book. Yeah. It was like that That exact dummy model. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was weird. Terrifying. Uh love that they're like they're like sentry bots almost. <laughs> they're like the, they're the muscle essentially. Yeah. Um yeah, maybe we could talk about like just the the antique shop for a minute. Uh also I love the design of it. I love when they're going through it almost like it almost seems like kind of like a decrepit city, mm-hmm. uh, like that kind of like gray and browns um, that has like seedy nightlife <laughs> hidden in it. And also like when they're going through corridors and crevices, there's webs everywhere. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. I just I just love the kind of like other vernacular they kind of bring into the world to describe other things like the cat being the dragon and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I very much like, yeah, like that nightclub scene. It's very much like a speakeasy, and speakeasy is so similar to the word speak and say, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like the draw box off of Woody and Gabby. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of really fun stuff taking place in that antique store, and I've been in that antique store. Like I think we all have. It's so cool. Yeah, we've all been in a place like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any? uh, No, I'm trying to wrap up or anything. Uh, I, I feel like when I say that, it means like, okay, we're done now. We're moving on. But just uh, to shift focus, are, are there any moments, uh, big or small, that you want to bring up, Bernadette? Oh, gosh. Well, I can uh, I can get some of my very small beefs out of the way. You got beef? Which are just very minor. Girl, you got beef. I thought it was really interesting that in the Forky trash fascination, Mm-hmm. That there were no, not flashbacks per se. I didn't need to see visual representation of how the other toys were literally trash in the third one. But I thought it was strange that there was no callback to that. I thought it was not not an oversight. It's their movie. They can do whatever they want. And that's kind of what made it feel to me much more standalone. Mm -hmm. Like that earlier chapter, the first three movies, maybe doesn't have as much of a hard purpose in this film it does seem like it's mostly the main takeaway from uh the third movie that carries into this one is none of the beats that happen except for the fact that andy gets rid of them yeah yeah um i think that's also just to not muddle the plot i suppose sure um the movie is a lean hour and a half uh which is to its benefit i think agreed um they, you know kind of speaking to just maybe like kind of dropped plot points from other movies or even this one i thought the whole trash element of forky uh i i feel like it didn't reach its necessary conclusion it kind of just like fizzled out agreed and i also think it was like drawn on too long for it just to fizzle out yeah like there's yeah. like that good gag in the beginning of the movie where he keeps trying to like kill himself i guess or yeah it was like a million suicide attempts at the beginning of this film which was kind of a lot it's dark yeah i mean to you know uh i want to hear some of your other beef but to focus on forky just for a minute uh you know our our newest character who's also kind of the most basic uh <laughs> design wise perhaps um but you know he's a character who didn't ask to live and just wants to go back to not living to, to, to dying <laughs> um and that's where we really get into some of the more like existential questions that like the movie brings up like what does it mean to be alive for these toys and then what is which is intrinsically attached to what does it mean to be a toy and then what is your purpose when you're doing that and you know why would it's through kind of woody selling him on a philosophy that maybe Woody himself doesn't even believe in at this point mm-hmm. is what makes Forky kind of be like, oh, yeah, I am a toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just weird that Woody didn't say to him, like, I have been trash. 
and it yeah. does not feel good. Maybe it's it's Woody not wanting to own that experience, story, perhaps you know. Yeah, kind of just like disassociate from that. I mean, if he if if we're going with like him kind of suffering with this idea of uh, trauma and PTSD, I could very easily see him being like, I don't want to talk about this, or like him. Almost, I've blocked that I've out. I've blocked that memory out now. You know, him just trying to do this for Gabby. This is all I got right now. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's that. Yeah, and then. Uh, <laughs> Other beef. Well, just, I mean, I guess it's just like the Forky stuff that uh, that Randy Newman song, that new song about gotta, being trash. Let, and it yeah. kind of like <laughs> takes a second for me to understand what he's singing. And then I'm like, oh, this is the trash I, song. I didn't notice it till like the last line. And like, I think, I think, to what it seemed like in the credits, Randy Newman like did all the music for this movie. So yeah. I'm assuming like. The trash song is is for Twister. He didn't he didn't like have another album with the trash song on. They're like, "Yo, Randy, let's get a, this is really your your cue zone. Let's get this this trash song onto here." Yeah. So for um, kids who are watching this movie and this is maybe their first Toy Story experience, this is a no. You got a friend in me. This is like way subpar. Yeah. For for that level of caliber of music. I think the score is always really solid in these yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the only Randy Newman song I ever gave a shit about is You Have a Friend of Me. Yeah. Um, that's that about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the, the Jesse song kills the Jesse song. in the Toy Story 2 oh, okay. where she's singing about her, her mm-hmm. kid oh, and watching right. her grow up. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like this one doesn't get its song moment. Not that it needs it. But then yeah. you have like the Barbie song from Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. And this one's just kind of like. You don't need a song, but then you like put that song in there, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I, thought, you know, and I don't know. Kind of happens during like the suicide montage, <laughs> yes. for lack of a better term. Um, and I, I, that is the only part of the movie that kind of dragged its feet for me. Mm-hmm. Um, very minor grade. Yes, very the, minor grade. It's like I like that gag. Also, mm-hmm. like I think it's very funny, um, mm-hmm. and also like makes me feel uncomfortable, which I think is the mark of like good storytelling. Yeah, it just goes on for like. A few vignettes of going in the garbage too long. It was like a little too much of like Woody kind of being like, please don't, please stop. Um, but it is funny. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it more on the terms of like, personally, I've been lucky enough to not have any close friends get to that point. Yeah. And I'd imagine that that would be extremely exhausting. Mm-hmm. Not being able to comprehend, not wanting to be on this planet. Sure. And Woody going through, like, I'm so tired. I guess that from, I'm so like, tired. The, the difference between, like, maybe that moment and then, like, the human experience of, like, kind of, like, questioning being on this earth and maybe finding a way out is that that usually, I think, comes from, like, negative experiences kind of building up or negative outlooks building up to make you want to do those things. Whereas, like, Forky is very much, like... No, this feels right. That's why it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's like almost like suicide is getting very dark. Uh, suicide is maybe not even like the right like paradigm to like apply to what he's trying to do. That That's kind of true. Yeah. He's trying to like return home. He's trying to return to something he finds comfortable. But I think we read it as like a suicide because like he's trying to return to trash, which is where he like comes from which is also weird because it's kind of painting the idea that he was he had a consciousness before he came to life quote unquote i mean i see it as like a frankenstein where he comes back and he's just like oh i was inanimate before this so i was from what i understand i was a fork i was supposed to because he understands he's like i'm supposed to be just do some chili stuff (laughs) some soup and then i'm out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not supposed to be here for this long. It's like you watch Rick and Morty at all? Yeah. The Mr. Meeseeks episode <laughs> yes. is very much like the Four Keys Dilemma, where they're just like, "Oh man, I'm not. It's gone on for too long, man." Yeah. 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 So you know, I guess I guess like, it's, stop making me, please. Yeah. So I guess like you know, you can't. It's it's not like as clear cut as like a, a suicidal ad- allegory. True. Uh, I definitely don't think that's the case because I don't think a Disney movie would try and punch jokey wise at that so many times and that's really what strange, they're trying yeah. to hammer home um you know because again he just he describes the trash as as a as a warm place as a yes. place where he sees he feels safe and then when woody describes uh uh molly as trash he's he's like oh yeah i'm into this <laughs> or it's not isn't that it's not molly, yeah. bonnie bonnie yeah he's just like 
Oh, oh she feels I'm, like garbage. I'm me. her trash. Yes. I'm her comfortable place. So, uh, you know, there's there's more layers there. Maybe maybe something to mull over longer than a hot take allows. Yeah, I will say that I'm glad that the trailer focused so heavily on Forky and that Forky was not in the film as much, yeah. which was nice. Forky was in the film the right amount of time. It's like a weird MacGuffin at times, mm-hmm. which is like kind of cool. He's like a MacGuffin with like an attitude. Yeah. Which I like kind of am, am into. I like that. Yeah. It seems like I have a couple of friends who have children who could go see Toy Story 4. Yeah. And I'd love to talk to these kids to get the impression like, what did you think of the movie? And who were the yeah. characters that stuck out for you? Because I can see kids really gravitating towards Forky because they like like the goofy one who says weird things. And yeah. they probably aren't picking up as heavily on some of the other stuff that's going on. So yeah, I'd be interested to get like a kid's hot take on Toy Story I just, I just 4. Feel like kids like don't really play with toys like this anymore. No, I you guess know? they I guess they really don't. And They're not more... even to be like the curmudgeon that's just like, I don't know, just playing video games and playing on iPads. Yeah, tablets. When we get an iPad story where all the iPads are just like, <laughs> I have iOS 3 on me and I'm the obsolete, kill me. <laughs> I don't want that movie. I don't want that movie either, but I don't know. Or like Woody and Buzz <laughs> feel emasculated when they're next to an iPad, which is all that the kids want to play with. Yeah. This movie almost feels out of time in that way because, like, that's mm-hmm. not really – toys aren't necessarily the primary play thing. Obviously, kids have toys. Yeah. Obviously, kids still go buy a Star Wars and, and they get, you know, your, your Finn action figure that does Finn stuff. Right. Um, like, so that's, like, obviously a thing. But it's not quite like when we were kids, like, toys were it. You know, like, especially if you come from, like, low-income families, like, you're not getting video games. Right, like, right. It's, it's toys. <laughs> so – you know, I almost think it's almost better to, like, wrap up these movies before, like, toys as a concept becomes obsolete, which might also be something the movies commenting on in a weird way. Yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, any other talking points that you have? Do you have any other beef? Did you get your beef out? Yeah, I think I got my beef you got out. Your, your yeah, beef that was, like, out? my major, major beef. It's pretty great. Major movie. minor beef. Major minor beef. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I kind of agree, like, the forky plot, like fizzles out i mean it's like there in the whole movie and i definitely think he has an arc but like, yeah uh, yeah he definitely serves a purpose within the context of the film yeah but, but he's it, kind it of it's much more woody focused again pretty quickly yes and rightfully so yeah i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i didn't want to spend the whole movie before i like working a lot but yeah he was fun yeah um but yeah any other like big moments or, or other beats that really interested you oh my gosh just uh especially the idea of the lost toys and that first scene where Woody is outside of the antique store and mm-hmm. he's on the playground and when he first sees Bo for the first time after years. Yeah. Very cool scene. And then to see all of these other very minor small toy roles come out and they're all yeah. like, this is the life. This is sick. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess like in a way it misses kind of like what Woody likes is is serving the the one or like you know help he he likes this idea of like it's almost like seeing a plant grow to its like fullest potential it's like seeing this seeing one kid helping one kid throughout their whole life doing something and, and he's ready to do it again with um god why are you forgetting bonnie 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 i just think of his feet uh with bonnie <laughs> um yeah, i love when he calls her andy by accident it's like yeah it's so it's so just like oh this hurts my body Yeah, this movie touches on all kinds of things because it really kind of gets into the idea of reincarnation and that Mm. Woody serving this one god and that god is Andy. And then he kind of gets reincarnated when he comes into the life of Bonnie. But he doesn't change shape though. No, no. But just like the idea of dying and then being reborn as something else that he's not necessarily comfortable with. Not fit into. Well, maybe he like, you know, needs to reset and he he can't. He's like stuck in this mold that he doesn't quite fit into anymore yeah because definitely when he comes across Bo again mm-hmm. Bo's like no i'm this i'm that i can yeah i can do all of these things life is going to keep going on and we're just gonna constantly be here so yeah. i like that you gotta get with have it any resentment towards woody because mm-hmm. i feel like it would cool. slow things down and i also think it would have not been cool for her character to be like you didn't come chase me or whatever because it's She's just like, nah, man, this is how I roll. Like, I do this. Very happy to see you. Yes. You know, like, I like that. I did, too. 
Um, maybe talking about some more new characters, uh, maybe side characters for a minute. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Um, as Kaboom, what's his name? Kaboom. Duke uh, Kaboom, I think. Duke Kaboom. Basically, is it Duke? Yeah. I'll double check, but I do believe it's Duke Kaboom. Oh, Um, so funny. Basically being that he's the Canadian, uh, evil Knievel. Yeah. Duke Kaboom is correct. (laughs) Um, which is just like, Mamma Mia. And, you know, Keanu Reeves is just really... On the rise right now. Yeah, he's just everywhere. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Love it so much. Um, he can just be in everything. It's cool. He's just really good, you yeah. know? Uh, so I love seeing him there. And I also really like, you know, again, another character dealing with, like, PTSD and dealing with loss and being thrown away and, and like, how tiny his arc is just is so influential. And, and I, I really wanted to remember the name of the boy that he keeps, as he remembers so fondly. It's like... I think it's Rajul. I think it is Rajul. Yeah, he's like, I'm doing this for you, Rajul. <laughs> it's so good. He just says like weird, like, you know, this like Frenchy words. Frenchy words, French words. Like, you know, French. <laughs> or he says like, he's like, we. <laughs> At one point, it's like so fucking funny. Yeah, and I love that the footage of him being a toy, yeah, seemed like way back in like the 50s, yeah. 60s. Well, that, that was also something Very I cool. really liked about uh, Woody, um, you know, her asking him like, when, when Gabby asked him, like, oh, like, when when do you think you were, like, born or created? He's like, oh, yeah, I don't fucking know. 50s, maybe? And it's, like, cool. it's like you don't think about, like, oh, yeah, like, Woody's, like, an old toy. Like, mm-hmm. especially in, like, you know, if this movie takes place in, like, 2019. Like, he's he's been around for a while, and he is mint. Yeah. <laughs> that toy's in good condition. Well, yeah, uh, Randy from Randy's Toy Barn fixed mm-hmm. him up. Like oh, he, yeah, that's he right. was kind of gave him a new coat of paint. Right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Stitched him up with all the finest sewing materials. I'm glad we got you here to remember all the, great, <laughs> the Toy Story. I like Toy Story movies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, Aunt, or uh, Woody just does seem like a strange character who goes through random bouts of amnesia because that's like the plot of Toy Story two as well as yeah. like Jesse and the prospector like teaching him like remember you were you were this maybe that's like the, just the idea of like when you exist for so long like you know maybe if, if humans could live for a thousand years i, I bet like you. they would like i think at a point like it, like say you like your body could be sustained this is a weird thing i'm bringing up so your body this is could a good be, podcast this could be <laughs> your body was sustainable for a, for a thousand years and you know after like a few hundred like you just you wouldn't your brain wouldn't comprehend like what you came from it's just kind of like erases memories to make room for new enough memories to the point where you're just kind of forgetting yeah where you came from what you're doing but you still remember who you are and what you are doing now you know mm-hmm. so maybe it's like kind of that idea yeah who that's- knows what the mind of a toy is like <laughs> yeah it seems like that's the way that woody kind of keeps himself sane yeah it's- by having the ability to forget yeah yeah but i guess that's that's kind of what's messing it up messing it up all for him right now is that he there's certain things he can't seem to let go of, like Bo, like Andy, and he's just kind of trapped. Mm-hmm. This movie's so good. It's <laughs> ridiculously good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Key and Peele coming yes. back as a dynamic duo. I haven't seen them together in a minute. Literally cannot be separated. <laughs> no, literally cannot be separated. <laughs> in uh, this film. <laughs> pretty much there as just kind of, you know, the the gags, but uh, crushes it. They have the probably the funniest gag in the whole movie. Um, with the uh, them talking about how they're gonna get the key from the old lady. Uh huh. <laughs> I wish that. Did you see that in a trailer before seeing this movie? I did see it's a little bit a, of it. It's like, but I not the whole it. thing. It's just such a bummer because, like, yeah. if I didn't see that scene at all before, this is very much expanded upon when you when you're actually in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But if I didn't see that scene at all before, I would have thought it was fucking. I would have been dying in the theater instead of just laughing like a normal person. Yeah, I I, dead. <laughs> I'll throw Burge under the bus a little bit. He's the one who showed me that. And I was like, ah, well. Bird, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm usually pretty good. Burned its time with the movie. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good about. Uh, sometimes I'll catch a trailer. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, ch- I generally I'll see the first trailer for a movie, mm-hmm. and then after that, I kind of try and dial it down. Yeah. yeah I just saw a clip for, for Spider-Man: Far From Home the mm-hmm. other day because, like, it was like in Twitter where it's like it's already like going. Yeah. I was just like. I just, want to, I just want to see it a little bit. I just wish I didn't fucking watch it. So watching yeah. the scene out of context, so it, like it kind of doesn't look that great. 
Sure. You know, it's like, it's him and Mysterio having a conversation. I'm like, I don't even know what they're fucking talking about. <laughs> why, why did you I, release why this? Why am I watching this? <laughs> like, it doesn't, it interests me because I don't know what's going on. Right. Because um, you ingest stories the way that you should. <laughs> yeah. Where you know what's happening before and then it leads into what's happening after. <laughs> right, right. It's fine. Um, but yeah, the whole carnival dichotomy of, oh my gosh, yeah, I've been to carnal, carnivals before and there yeah. are a bunch of toys. Just they get carted everywhere. around by all of these terrible roadies and carnies, yeah. which they totally depicted how weird and sometimes trashy carnies can be, which I am into. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the fact that that carny had like a faded tattoo on the back of his calf. It's so good. Perfect. Perfect, yeah. And he's just running that like shit toy stand, which I like that yeah. he and Peel like, at the, in one of the post credit scenes is... It's helping the toys get out. Yeah. Uh, and they have that awesome scene where they imagine themselves being monsters and destroying the whole carnival. <laughs> I would have, well, something that was missing for me in the post credit scene, which is like, it's not a gripe, it's just something I wish we got to see a little bit of, mm-hmm. is, a, is a montage of Woody and Bo and everybody going, because they, they're going with the carnival to go to other places and see the world. I would have liked to see them seeing the world. A little, a little bit together. more of yeah. that. Because we uh, see them on like a beach. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the carnival on the beach. But yeah, that, we only see like the one mm. location. I don't want to see like – I don't necessarily need a movie with that. I, I'd rather see you know them kind of sudden, sudden setting off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't need an epilogue to the epilogue. <laughs> right. Uh, until they give it to until you. Until they give it to me and then I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> is this one perfect too? It is. It right, is. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've you know we've covered kind of like the bigger arcs in the film. Are there any other kind of things that were on you that you really wanted to bring up? Oh man, I I mean, I'll be thinking about like even the kindergarten scene for yeah. a long time, mm-hmm. just like really picturing how scary it is to do a new thing, pretty much at any age. But you deal with that with Andy and Molly as well. Yeah, but then you get that like heightened, just like one scene. Of well, I Bonnie. Think, I think they kind of like, you know, Woody helping her with all those things. Like, it's almost like, like, she's in the classroom and she's like about to like figure out how to do stuff on her own. And then Woody kind of like. He's pushes. an enabler. Well, he kind of like, it's not even, like, he like stunts her in a way, perhaps. He's very know? codependent. Yeah. And he thinks he's helping. Right. But, it, but he's it's, not. He's doing it. It's, it's self-serving, you know. Mm-hmm. Because when Andy went to school, I helped him do this shit. It's like, bro, that was like 20 years ago. Like, ain't gonna work. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine that. This movie, too. I mean, just like any Toy Story movie, though, would really hit home for parents who because kind of like when Toy Story one came out, Uh we were kids. When Toy Story three came out, when Andy was going off to college, many of us were in college. And that's why it really resonated for us. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, however many years later. You and I aren't to the stage of raising children but yet. We could be. But we could be. Yeah. And I think even then, Woody kind of sees himself as a parent mm-hmm. who raises these kids and then they leave. Yeah. And I feel like probably as a parent, going to see this movie would be very emotional and yeah. very moving. I think, you know, I got I got a little teary. Uh, I didn't I, Toy Story Three definitely like had me fucking bog my eyes out a lot. Yeah. Uh, because like like what you said before, I, I felt very in tune with the Andy characters. Like, always, oh, I've been there with with toys or just with these characters. This movie, I only got kind of teary-eyed for, for seeing the characters say bye to one another. You know, that mm-hmm. moment where he hugs Buzz, it's just like, fucked up. How fucking sad it makes me. It's fucked up. Yeah, that's the moment where I was like, oh, well, um, here, here it's happening. I'm doing this now. <laughs> um, but I... I didn't connect with, like, the movie super thematically to have come some more of that emotional resonance, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely here for it. Definitely felt it. But I, I wasn't, like, bawling my eyes out for it, you know? Yeah. And I think some of that, too, probably was because with Toy Story 3, we – I think a lot of us thought that that was the last one we were going to get. Yeah. And so, of course – there's something very special about a franchise like Toy Story releasing a new film, mm-hmm. but also it kind of lowers the stakes a little bit because yeah. then you kind of wonder like, oh, well, there might be another one of these. Yeah, but which when, is why they, they handle it so perfectly in this one. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel – like the stakes probably like the highest they've ever been, but it kind of feels contained to a point where you can like emotionally handle it Yeah, because <laughs> it's probably – I don't know, maybe the deepest – 
Uh, yeah, I, I think the out well, of all of I them? think the well of philosophy in subtext is the deepest it's ever been in these mm-hmm. movies. In this one, and uh, I just really applaud the movie for its kind of narrow focus, uh, for for really kind of like honing in on it's a few characters doing one thing, um, and I just really like that about the movie. Uh, it makes it so easy to follow. Yeah, and so easy to have like these bigger character beats. Mm-hmm. They were focusing on Woody. Um, but yeah. It was interesting, too, to see, like, Andy's parents seemed competent, but a little aloof. Sure. <laughs> like, Bonnie's parents. Well, they get fucked. They're getting straight up fucked with. This is also the most we've seen the, the toys, like, clap back at reality. Yeah. Uh, like, I think we were talking about, or I was talking to, I think it was you guys, I forgot what I was talking to about it. It was today earlier. But it was just like. There was a point where it's like, oh, yeah, all this is happening in Andy's imagination in the first film. Like, you kind of, like, maybe chalk it up to that. Uh-huh. And then as the movies go on, it's just like, no, these toys fucking operate in real life. Like, they are bending the rules of reality, so we think. Mm-hmm. Unless our toys actually do that also, and we just don't know it. Uh, this movie, they're, like, <laughs> almost fully interacting with people. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's also some of the best gags in the movie is, like, when they're fucking with the RV. Or like when Buzz, that's like my I think that's like might be my favorite joke in the movie when Buzz like hits his button and he's like your backpack's stuck at the antique store let's go and she's like my backpack's stuck at the antique store it's like that's so fucking funny and Kristen Schaal's Triceratops character here for it blank on her name but being the I love, I love, uh, love Kristen Schaal she's, she's so, so she's funny so fucking funny yeah it, I mean really it's impossible to get all of the screen time that you want from all of these different characters. Like yeah. there was not enough Joan Cusack as Jesse in this movie for me cuz Jesse's like yeah, probably I, my favorite Toy Story I feel character. Like she definitely got sidelined. I guess like but she, you have to. Like Yeah, I mean, you know, she she has a really beefy arc in 2. Absolutely. And she has a lot of time in 3, so like if you're doing this like potential send-off or at least epilogue to like this story with these characters you gotta focus on Woody. He's he's and the ride Bo, or die, yeah. the OG. You gotta focus on Bo, and you gotta, you know, I think I think Buzz is, you know, he's he's the B story happening. Yeah. Um, and even he doesn't seem like he gets quite enough, but I completely understand why. Yeah, he doesn't. I have, get it. I don't think he has like an arc necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love every scene with him because he's great. <laughs> Agreed. He's great. So, but yeah, let's talk about that send off at the end. The hug, just like yeah. Getting into, like, the real thing of, like, all these toys. And it's kind of, like, pretty much Andy's gang yeah, are all much more okay with things just happening and mm-hmm. dealing with it afterwards than, like, the yeah. thought of, like, oh, my gosh, we're at a fork in a road and it could go this way or this way. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to let that fork happen naturally mm-hmm. and just be okay with it. And it seemed like the only one really holding on is Woody. And then him getting the permission from Buzz. Because mm-hmm. I think you and I probably both knew what he meant when he first says she's going to be okay. I, I thought it was a little weird that he was like, yeah, Bonnie's going to be okay. I was <laughs> like, like, we get yeah, it. I know, I know. I know you're not talking about Bo Peep. Like, <laughs> but I get, you know, that's. It's for kids. It's for kids. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, there's there's a power to the moment where he kind of, like, solidifies what he's saying. So I'm here for that, too. Oh, yeah. Because um, it's like Woody. Yeah, we've been mentioning Maybe he doesn't Woody, get I think it. Woody didn't understand re- realistically, you know, yeah. like to read the scene that way. Obviously, we got it. We're smarter <laughs> than a fucking cowboy toy. God damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love. I just love how the scene is like them on the the um, the, the awning, the awning of the van that like kind of like pushed out and like I love the I love like the the physicality of the scene. Really, yeah. I mean, like the RV itself kind of becomes like a spaceship. That the toys are operating. Yeah, it's true. And it's very carnival, futuristic I the, setting. I love the gag where they're just like, why is everyone jumping out of a window? And it keeps <laughs> happening. Like, you just have, like, basically going down the list of, like, important <laughs> characters of, like, someone's doing a plan. Even uh, Jesse, like, I think she's probably, like, the last one to jump out the window to do something. <laughs> just, like, to pop the tire. But I love, I just love that, like, gag um, where it's just like, oh, oh, they, another one's just left, I guess. <laughs> That's good. But yeah, that last scene is... Heartbreaking as well as very satisfying. I think a, you know, I think I think it's really hard to try and end or even wrap up something like Toy Story, especially a Toy Story that is so existential and strange mm-hmm. um, for the for the movies. And you know, I think 
by kind of going a, a simpler route. Yeah. By just like a nice solemn goodbye is, is really the way to do it. You know, we've seen, you know, with, with uh, the last big um, franchise conclusion was something like Avengers Endgame. Uh, which did not take a simple route to, to get to what they needed to do. <laughs> still very satisfying. It's yeah. kind of cool to see these two kind of franchises handle those things. And then also, I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but that's like a whole other, you know, different way of seeing how franchises choose to to end things with beloved characters and, and the choices they, they make to, to kind of do that and operate mm-hmm. in that space. Yeah. It's cool. But yeah. 10 out of 10, this movie. Probably my... I don't know if it's my favorite movie of the year, only because Avengers exists and like Endgame really fucked me up. Oh, I like this better than Avengers. But well, I think I think that's we have just different, me. Yeah, we're on different, uh, not sides, but you know. trains. Yeah, I haven't. I don't need to decide. RVs. What, I don't need to line these up in order until the end of the year. So I got <laughs> right, right. I still have Midsummer to come out and fuck me up. Oh yeah, yeah. This list is gonna be weird. This is a strange was, year. It's going to be like very it's cool. it's a weird year. We work in a movie theater and we've seen like the least amount of movies. <laughs> Do you feel that way? Yes. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, I guess maybe that, that also makes sense to some. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts on Toy Story 4? Um, I did forget to mention Giggle McDimples. She's great. Perfect. Like this little Polly Pocket character that hangs out intro, with Bo Peep. 10 out of 10. Like her being like, I'll be right down. And she's just walking <laughs> down these steps and gets in the car. It's so fucking good. Yeah, because I've been telling Burge, like, mm-hmm. we've been putting up the posters around the theater, and yeah. I'm like, this one. She made it on the poster yeah. with the three main players. What's her story? What's going on there? <laughs> and I loved her. So yeah. funny. But no, just that scene in the antique store with the light uh, reflecting oh off of God, all of so the beautiful. chandeliers. Yeah. Just How? Why? Yeah. How did they know to make that? That's beautiful it and perfect. Beautiful. She's like, yeah, this is one of the things I liked about this place. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's so pretty. Yeah. No, just uh, absolutely great. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we need to tell people to go see it because I think everyone's going to go yeah, see this. Yeah, that's like usually it spoils. But, I'm like, do you recommend seeing this in the theater? But I think it goes without saying. Yeah. No, uh, just wonderful. And I'm sure there are probably like, you know, a good – 10 things in the next 10 minutes I'll think of that we'll be like, we could have talked about that. But the nature, it's a, the nature of hot it's a podcast. Is that we're, we're unpacking it as we go, and uh, it's also late, and we got things to do. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Meredith, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, Story Screen Hot Takes presents the movie. This podcast is not the only podcast I do on Story Screen, and it's not the only sentence I jumble on Story Screen. There's a host to many other things that we do on the website. Uh, we do other podcasts, Catherine Raycast, Bernadette uh, Gorman hosts that. TV shows is what she covers. I don't know why I'm saying things really weird, but it's fine. Uh, we also do reviews, articles by a very talented team of people who love movies and are impassioned about them. Uh, Story Screen also has HQ. The Story Screen Beacon Theater, located in Beacon, New York, not in New York City or Florida, in case you were confused about that. Some people are. You'd be surprised. Uh, So we are showing Toy Story 4. uh, So if you have heard this and don't know that, that's that's the tea, sis. So come on down. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you again so much for listening. Uh, If there's anything that we miss in talking about Toy Story 4 that you would like to talk about with us, uh, please, you know, drop us a line. Raw, this is going to be posted on all the things. We we love talking to our audience, so please engage with us and talk to us. And we, you know, we're nice nerds. We're not mean nerds, unless you try and tell me that I'm like like fat or stupid. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, thank you guys. Uh, we love you from infinity and beyond. Thanks, guys. As long as you don't try to do that, like, ASMR thing, I'm totally cool with you being just quiet if you want. That's, uh, I also don't want that. I don't understand it. ASMR? Yeah, I mean, I understand it. I can grasp the concept. The concept of it, yeah. But the whole thing, I can just never give it a fair chance because I'll think it's ridiculous always. I don't understand. Well, I think for some people it's supposed to be, like, a soothing... Mm-hmm. This, this nice lippy sound makes me sleepy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or calm. Or safe. One of those things. Whatever.
Yeah. Ever watched the ever gone down the rabbit hole that's like sand cutting videos or like soap cutting videos? No. Uh they they're kind of like oddly satisfying to watch, but it's also like I think in the same weird niche of like why does this affect me physically? <laughs> why does this emotionally affect my body? Hmm. So you you do kind of subscribe a little bit. Eh, I mean, I don't use it to like, you know, I was like, oh, I'll watch the hour of cutting soap and then I'll go to bed. <laughs> but I kind of, I get it a little bit more than other things, I suppose. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. 